Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 1st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. And joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. We need to host every day together, Bless, because every time we do something Dude. happens, something big, momentous goes something down. Something big happens whenever we me and you host together now, man. First, what was, what was it the first time? Uh, it's not always Monday. good. There was some Last of Us delays, but then we brought it back. You know what yeah, I mean? We brought it, we oh, yeah, that's, that. that was the thing. Yeah, me and you me, me and you both delayed Last of Us. Me mm-hmm. and you both brought it back. And now we brought back gaming for the whole we, summer. We brought back E3 kind of and just spread it kind out of. over a long time and made it all very ambiguous but exciting nonetheless. See, Tim, I want to commend you because I wow. feel like throughout this whole work from home situation, you've kept mm-hmm. your style up in a Thank way you. that I have to respect. Your hair looks great, and of course, it's probably due to Old Spice pomade. The, oh, the headphones is. are fresh. Even even the the bunny guy in the background, it's peep, you dude, know, it's peeping, kind of kind of funny blue. You know, keeping it consistent. Everything matches. There we go. I respect it. There we go. Yeah, man. See, you got to match the lights. A little bit of that green, got that red, got that orangey stuff going on. All Boom. that orangey stuff. Boom. Let's get into it, Bless. I want to talk about this shit. Let's get into it because there's a lot of exciting news stories today. Uh, today's stories include stories like Jeff Keighley's summer plans, GDC going all digital, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on YouTube on, on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show uh now it's time for some housekeeping uh this month is kevin's birthday month and so every day this month uh we're celebrating kevin kevin right. happy birthday month happy birthday month kevin Kevin, how old are you turning this month? I will be turning 30. Oh, you don't have to do this, though. Come oh, on. <laughs> Come on. Every, every day this month, we're celebrating Kevin. It's Kevin's birthday oh, month. He's a good guy, bless. You're a good guy. I love it. I love, it. I love, love, you, love you, Kevin. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mom and Muhammad and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Old Spice, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have three stories today. A baker's dozen! <laughs> Starting with a doozy. Uh, Jeff Keighley announces Summer Game Fest. I'm pulling from various sources. I'm going to start off with a tweet thread. Or not a tweet thread, but a, a tweet uh, from Jeff Keighley where he, he's, he did the thing where he screenshotted the notes app. So you know it's serious. You know whenever somebody screenshots the notes app, you're about to get into some shit. Um, Someone's so either he, getting canceled or some good news is happening. Or some good so news only is coming. Two options. Thankfully, this this time around, it's some great news. Um, and so I'm reading directly from his tweet. He tweeted t- uh, today, this morning, quote, Since I was a kid, one of my favorite parts of the summer has been seeing all the video game companies band together to hype us, to hype us up about the future of this incredible medium. This year has been a challenge for all of us. For a while, I thought 2020 might be the first time in 25 years we didn't have a, a big magic industry-wide moment. It really bummed me out to see everything fracture. More than ever, this is a year we need a positive, uplifting center of gravity to bring this global community together. Together. So that's what we're going to build. Today, I'm proud to announce Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long season of news events from all your favorite game platforms and publishers. It's all the news you've been waiting for, but also in-game events, playable content, and demos of select titles, and a bunch of fun surprises. 
Summer Game Fest isn't a singular show, but a whole season season four events. The schedule hub at summergamefest.com will guide you through through the next four months to make sure you don't miss a thing. And trust me, there are some amazing events coming, and I'm working on some on some uh, plans for a developer showcase with my friends at I'm 8-Bit, and of course, Gamescom opening night live on August 24th as a big season finale. Thanks to all the game companies and developers who are working working hard under challenging circumstances to keep us entertained. Uh, I hope SGF Summer Game Fest is a way to show these artists just how much their work helps us get through uncertain and scary times. Keep playing the future. Gaming is about to get really bright this summer. Jeff. Tim. Yeah. Exciting words from an exciting man. Definitely, man. Jeff's proven that he he he's got what it takes. He has the connections. He has the 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 know-how, the energy, the skill, and the ability really to kind of bring people together and get everyone that needs to to commit to a vision. Yeah. And I love this. This is uh, this is the new E3, and I, I think that this is going to be a a first draft and a, a first attempt, like baby steps towards what this might look like forever. Like what we'll be looking yeah. back, you know, ten years from now, on what this could be. Um, having said that, though, this we're talking about a, a guy and a team that have proven themselves year after year now with Game Awards and with uh, Opening Night Live last year that they know how to do this type of stuff. So in many ways, this isn't a first try. This is going to be something that is, you know, a a well-executed, well-oiled machine. And um, I think that he knows he has something special on his hands. Like referring to this as phase one, this image, having this be a multi-month event, he added a month to summer, if I remember correctly. Summer only has three months, but he said, yeah, fuck usually, that. We're making it four. We're starting uh, summer right now. It's exciting stuff. You know, it's change is scary. And I, I think that, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of trying to, like, clasp onto these memories that we all have of E3, this, like, kind of mm-hmm. shared, you know, week of, of, of love for video games. And trying to make it this moment, I don't know how they're going to create a moment over four months. Like that kind of is contradictory, right? Like, yeah, how like there's something about the excitement of knowing that all the big guys were going to make their announcements back to back days within like four days of that weekend leading into E3. We got everything at once and there's that competitive nature. This probably is going to be better for the industry overall. Um, yeah, but I wonder how much it's actually going to kind of have these kind of tentpole press conference type moments, right? I like that he was referring to uh, one one not not one night only. I always call it that opening night live, opening night live, um, as the season finale. Like that's such a cool thing to be building towards, um, especially with this idea of a phase one with this list of iconic publishers and developers that they're bringing some heat. Oh yeah, like this is. I think this is an excellent idea. Uh, Jeff Keighley, as you all know, is a is a force in the games industry. Like you said, right? Game Awards over the over the past however many years has been growing and growing and getting better and better and more refined. And at this point, has a clear voice and vision that you can follow and you can look at. And you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, okay, yeah, like even though when Shik Hydro Man comes through, you know, there's some there there's some awkwardness there, and there's some like you know rough like rough edges that could use some, some some smoothing out overall like game awards has a vision and it's become one of the staples of when you think of events in the industry right like game awards is one of them opening night live again like it's another one where you know he came through was that started i think that was started either last year or the year before that was, um, last year at, uh, was it last year yeah mm-hmm. like fairly new thing but it worked right it was a thing that really 
I'm not going to say put Gamescom on the map because Gamescom was already on the map, but I think the thing that really helped Gamescom translate worldwide into an event that oh, people yeah. should tune into and pay attention to. Absolutely. Right? No, it, I, I would argue it did put Gamescom on the map in terms of the viewer base of having a press conference of of substance. Like we've seen Xbox and PlayStation in the past have things, um, but usually it would always be a trade-off between Paris Games Week, Tokyo Games Show, and Gamescom. It was never this E3 type moment. And like I've talked about this a lot with Jeff Keighley, man. I, I, I'm so impressed with what he's been able to accomplish, but the least of which is the fact that he's created the only, the single only place where Game Awards has this press conference that everyone's at. You'll see Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox making announcements on the same stage. E3, yeah, you never hands, got right? that, like, right? Like, literally yeah. holding hands. And that took many years. But I think that it's so cool that, you know, you're watching this thing. There's such a celebration of video games. Um, and I know people have, like, their, their their thoughts on the award side of things. But let's just talk about opening night live. Like, I feel like that last year was a very concerted effort to take the 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 power of e3 away like i think jeff's been working towards this for years and i think that having that event last year was the baby steps that i'm talking about that are leading us to this and yeah. he wants to have these moments throughout the year so now if we have this summer of gaming every year that goes into the season finale of opening night live then we have a couple months for the fall for all the games to come out and stuff and then we have the game awards at the end of the year that's such a nice back and forth, man. Like I was born oh, yeah. on June 30th. My birthday is halfway through the year. You know how nice it was growing up getting presents on in June 30th and then on Christmas? It was just perfect. Every six months, <laughs> perfectly balanced as all things should be, right? And that's what Jeff Keeley's creating here. Yeah, I think this is this is very future looking um for quite a few reasons, right? Like I over the last generation, we've talked about E3 uh slowly dying. Right. E3 kind of getting less importance as the years go on and becoming more of an archaic thing as digital begins to grow. And as people, people are able to find more avenues and find more legitimacy and other ways to show off your games outside of E3. To me, this is the biggest step of that. To me, this is the this is almost like the nail in the coffin. And if everything goes the way that uh, Jeff Keighley probably wants it to go. Right. Like the, the idea that you you have a whole summer now. You're not just mm -hmm. you're not just uh, restricted to one week. You know, it's one event to where, like, either you show up to E3 or you don't. And if you don't, I guess we'll see you next year, right? Like, yeah, well, you have a whole four-month period where you can come out and partner with Jeff Keighley and put on your stream, put on your event, put on your whatever it may be, and come out and shine. Like you said, right, like, we're not going to have, you know, if 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 this continues to become the future, right, we're not going to have that that week of, like, moments. But I think if, if all things go right, like th this, this can then create for a season of various moments in a way that is go is going to be good for uh, developers and publishers and companies, right? Like, you know, the idea that you can own a day, right? Fortnite can just own a day during yeah. this summer of gaming event, right? You don't have to share a day with Microsoft and Bethesda and these other companies that are also racing to get their announcements out there, right? You have a whole summer of you have a whole you have a whole season of uh, room where you're you're allowed to breathe. Right. Like the idea that, you know, uh, Jeff, Ke Jeff Keighley here uh, in a series of tweets, he points to inside Xbox. Right. He says uh, here a couple of a couple of tweets after his original tweet about opening night, uh, not opening night, night live, about um, Summer Game Fest. He tweets, quote, there are so many amazing at Summer Game Fest events planned. The schedule launches soon on the website. And next Thursday, Xbox will have a special inside Xbox episode at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8, 8 a.m. Pacific time with Xbox Series X gameplay. Right. Like. 
Hilarious, you know, implying that, dude. I love it, man. Jeff Keighley, this is the type of shit how you own this and how you make yep. this work is like you put yourself next to the big dogs and make it seem like it's part of the same thing, even if it's not. But yeah. that that's that's the type of schemes that that make allow this to work. Because if this were to happen, and what I love about this too is we've been talking for months now on like when is everyone going to start claiming those dates in in May and June? Because everyone's saying they're doing stuff, but we're not really getting anything. I love that it's right when Xbox puts the date out of inside Xbox. We're doing the third party reveal next Thursday. All yep. of a sudden, it's like, oh, GDC's here and now uh, this here. Like, I bet we're about to get a lot more dates in the next week kind of rolling out through all of this. And I think that oh, yeah. Jeff kind of like taking ownership of all of them is is a baller ass move, first off, uh, that I don't think anyone else in the industry can really do. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think it's it's crazy that like, you know, IGN has its summer of gaming. I'm extremely excited to see what that ends up being. But the irony of this is I feel like it's just going to end up feeling like a part of Jeff's thing. Yeah, like uh, same with GameSpot's. Uh, I forget what they have there's called. I think it might be called not Play at Home. It's Play something. I forget what GameSpot, GameSpot's thing is. But they also have one that is analogous to IGN's summer of gaming event, right? Like, yeah, this seems to be this seems to be in, in the, in the, in the same all. vein. Play for all. Thank you. This seems to be in the same vein as those, but in a way that is even more all-encompassing of like if you if you look at the list like his phase one tweet with the list of all the publishers and companies that are partnered with him right like he has both playstation and and um and microsoft on there right like which is crazy right I that, mean, that's that and so CD project red and blizzard and yeah. Bungie and bethesda like he has everyone there's two exceptions that i'm noticing though he has wb yeah. there too we got no he has wb there we have no, no ubisoft UB, and we have no motherfucking nintendo man mm-hmm. well let's talk about nintendo later in this i have some i have some shit to shoot yeah i want to continue actually because i so uh gamingsindustry.biz i think has the best write-up on this they got to interview jeff Keeley about pretty much all the things and i read the whole article and it's long rebecca valentine did, a, did an excellent job um but i'm not going to read the whole article here instead i've kind of chopped it up into um portions that i think are important and interesting things to look at and so this is from games, gamesindustry.biz. The article is titled, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest is his latest push to rally the industry. Of course, written again by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, it reads, back in February, when Jeff Keighley announced he would be bowing out of his na- annual role hosting E3's Coliseum event, he was fairly certain he was in for a long break. And even when E3 was canceled in March due to COVID-19, he still figured he'd be taking several months off before taking the, taking the stage again for Gamescom opening night live in August. But then people started approaching him, asking if he was doing anything. And as Keeley does, he began talking to publishers and to platforms and to fans. At first, he says everyone seemed to think there would essentially be a digital version of E3. But when it became clear that that was no longer the case, everyone Keeley spoke to still wanted some kind of unifying concept for their summer, uh, summer announcements and events. Quote, if I, found that it didn't, if I found that it didn't have to be me on a shiny black uh, floor stage hosting a, a show every day, Keely says, it's more just like being a traffic cop to navigate all this for everyone, uh, everyone and line things up, end quote. The result is Keeley's Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long global festival of everything games running from May through August, fostered by pop- partnerships uh, with over a dozen uh, major publishers and platforms. Keeley describes the Summer Game Fest as, a, as less of a single event and more of a Google calendar for industry digital showcases, game trailers, launches, in-game events, and free digital demos. What a fucking boss move! Yeah, <laughs> He's man. taking ownership of the industry! Yep. 
he says it's not a forum, nor is it competing with other media outlets, not even with uh, not even GameSpot and IGN, who are also doing their own E3 substitutes, even if, substitute events in June. His goal, he says, was simply to give the industry something to rally around, and it seems to have worked, at least in that he has uh, he has many of the industry's biggest names on board: 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bun- uh, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, uh, Digital Extremes, Electronic Electronic Arts. Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Brothers Interact, uh, Interactive Entertainment. They're all confirmed participants and more are expected to join in the coming insane. weeks. Yep, insane. Uh, one notable admission, Nintendo, uh, but Keeley says he hopes that uh, the remaining console maker will join in later as the Summer Game Fest is open to all publishers and platform holders. And so, yeah, back to like that Nintendo, Nintendo conversation, right? Like there was news earlier this week that or reports, I guess, that they are not doing, like, an E3-timed direct or event, right? Like, everything for them is kind of postponed because of the work-from-home situation um, and them not being able to get things together. And so I think from reports, uh, people are saying that we're not going to see them do an event until possibly, like, August, September time. Yeah, which is, you know, really, really, really upsetting. Obviously, we're in a a, a time where there are no rules and it, it feels petty to be upset about uh, things like entertainment. But having said that, look, I I have a little bit of a, an issue with Nintendo right now as a fan because not only have I – so I'm not an Animal Crossing guy. Animal Crossing was the only game we really knew about in 2020 coming from Nintendo. It's here. It's a success. It's killing it. So at the end of the day, I can't complain about their strategy because it's working. They're selling, they can't keep enough Switches on store shelves right now. Animal Crossing is breaking records and doing super well. So it's not like they need to listen to me on advice of how to run their company. Having said that, I haven't played a new game on my Switch since November when Pokemon Sword and Shield came out. I have not played a new game on my Nintendo Switch. That's a problem. Not every game is going to be speaking to every nintendo fan but the thing about the switch that succeeded so far for the last four years is that every year there was enough titles that i can pick and choose that every couple months at least i'm getting something of substance that speaks to me or that i'm at least open to to giving a shot right and not only have we not had that since november no major game except for animal crossing the last nintendo direct that was making announcements was september There's been a direct mini last month, but even Nintendo themselves didn't hype that up because they knew there was nothing worth hyping. And it was a mini. The last proper Nintendo Direct with announcements was September last year. So are we not going to get another Nintendo Direct with announcements until September this year? So am I not going to play a new Nintendo game from November last year to earliest September this year? And like, I get that the, the COVID stuff, like it has a lot to do with that, but there was a big time period where that wasn't the case. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that all their plans got like messed up. And, and of course, things have changed. But it's like, I, I think that uh, it's, it's we've, we've seen a lot of people kind of talk shit about Sony reverting to the old Sony towards the end of the, the PS4 life cycle, right? When it first mm-hmm. came out, it was games, games, game, make some, making all the right decisions. And then all yeah, of a sudden, it's like, like, oh, the personalities aren't on the stage anymore. And like, oh, all well, this is changing. It's like, Maybe I just have Stockholm syndrome of being a Nintendo fan during their worst times, but like right now is reminding me a lot of the N64's uh, game release schedule, the GameCube, mm-hmm. the weird middle part of the Wii, the Wii U as a whole. And it's like, that's not good. And again, I get that they're in a weird place, but so now the Smash DLC is like the, the thing that I'm looking forward to most in June. 
there's rumors of the Mario collection, but if they're not announcing that in, in a June event, when are they yeah. announcing that? Right? Birth of the Wild, Metroid, like I'm assuming those aren't this year anymore, even if they were gonna be, which is again understandable with where we're at. But I feel like there was a fatal error made in not at least announcing things earlier or late last year, early this year, to at least keep us going with something. I mean, I I feel like the mistake for them is that they it's worked fine for them up to this moment. Like last year, we at E3 we got uh well, last year wasn't Super Mario Party. Last year was Luigi's Mansion, and uh we we had like Fire Emblem that was announced like before that we knew uh, was upcoming uh last fall, right? Yeah, like Link's they had Awakening, we Link's had Awakening, Pope right? Sword and Shield, like Astral they, they use they've usually done a good job of spacing those things out, and like by E3. You, usually usually it's e3 time where we have the full idea of what the fall is going to look like right like e3 was when was, was when we were like okay cool like this fall doesn't look that bad like like we are getting major games we're getting pokemon we're getting louis mansion all these things um this, i think i think this time around is by them it's by it's bitten them in the ass because yeah at this point right like no more heroes is scheduled for this year and then like when we think of nintendo games like there's not really anything on the docket that's dated no. for 2020 no, and right? like, like that's Bayonetta that's is the thing. out there somewhere. Like Nebulously. Shin Megami Tensei is is, is, is will is, that even ever happen? Out. It's it, we'll we're see. in this, this bizarre place where it's and we've been here way too long. Quite frankly, like it's just it's not fun to be a Nintendo fan right now. And yeah. unless you're in Animal Crossing, which many 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 people are, and again, it's working. So it's like I'm sitting here bitching, but I'm just bitching here as somebody that's a genuine fan that that kind of feels a little slighted because going into uh, the switch the most exciting prospect was that they learned from the wii u they were important all those things we were we had such a good running start but no longer were they going to focus on the 3ds and a console it was just going to be one um output on a, a system and there's just been a, a very long amount of time uh in in this console's life cycle three four years in that there's a gap you know and it's like animal mm-hmm. crossing is only going to keep that going for so long I wonder if this is if this is their plan also is like, okay, let's get Animal Crossing out in uh, early in the year and make that our big our big title for the first half, and then in, in the second half, like if the reports are true, right, maybe have those those Mario games out. Um, maybe the fact that one COVID is a thing, and then also uh, the the next gen consoles are launching. You know, maybe it's a chance for them to fall back and really gear up for a big 2021 where they can have some of that focus back on them. You know, because next year, you imagine Breath of the Wild 2 is going to come out. If fingers crossed, if everything goes the way yeah. I, I need it to go for uh, <laughs> for me to be happy in 2021, right? You imagine that's going to come out. You imagine um, possibly Bayonetta 3. Like, who knows? Um, but then, yeah, you imagine those those Mario games might line up with that too. And, and um, what that includes, like Paper Mario and possible mario 64 remaster like that could be a big year for them if if it's totally all right um maybe that maybe that is also maybe like for that year to be a big year for them it's kind of required for them to to kind of have an off year this year i mean to really condense everything i just said it's going to be a major bummer if the last nintendo game i play was pokemon sword and shield last november until they gear up for their 2021 next year Mm. that's not fun as a fan all that said, I bet they partner with um, Summer of Gaming, right? And with the, Jeff Keighley. It being Phase One uh, definitely makes me does. makes me feel good about stuff like and the, them talking. Like he's working on it. Like Nintendo's yeah, in a weird like, place right now because of the situation. So all of it makes sense. We're gonna get some bangers. Um, so Nintendo but, loves Jeff Keighley too. Yeah, like totally. Nintendo loves Jeff Keighley, and so I'd be 
I'd be shocked if we don't get something like get word of something happening with uh, Nintendo and Summer Game Fest by like July or August, right? Mm-hmm. Like I bet you, like maybe even maybe maybe like it, it's even an opening night live thing, right? Where like Nintendo comes out and really like gives their bangers for the fall there. Like I wouldn't be surprised because they have such a such a connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo's had a huge presence at previous Game Awards. Like I that 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 to me would make sense for them to eventually get on board, unless really it is them being like. Yeah, like working from home fucked us, and we just don't know, which could be a possibility. Totally. I wanna, I wanna pull an, another quote here from Games GamesIndustry.biz uh, regarding Jeff uh, breaking off from E3, which we talked about earlier in the year, right? And we always kind of had the question of like, what happened with E3? Why did Jeff Keighley like leave? Uh, and I am a bit like leave like a month after they were announced like partnering with it, right? Like, what, what's up with that? Um, this quote kind of gives some context, and so. Quote, this is Jeff Keighley talking. I just didn't feel confident that the show was going to best represent the industry. And honestly, what I pitched to E3 initially was something that was more digital and global because that's where I wanted to see things go anyways. Uh, End quote. Now, without E3, Keighley says that we shouldn't anticipate a single heavy-hitting week of major publisher-led announcement showcases in early June, not even digitally. Though early June might be a bit more packed than the rest of it, one of the reasons Keighley opted for a four-month-long festival is because the industry has pivoted to spreading its announcements out over that time already. And so, again, more more openness and, and, and honest, honesty from Jeff Keighley, which I like, like, is it almost reminds me of Phil Spencer and how open and honest honest he is when he's talking about Xbox, which we have a new story about later. Um, the difference again, being that Phil Spencer's pushing his product, where Jeff's just trying to own Jeff everyone's is, products. But yeah, the, again, I feel like there there needs to be a ringleader in order for this to work. Like in order for the idea of E3 to evolve and live, it needs somebody that is kind of it needs a Kevin Feige, right? And like I'm okay with Jeff being that for the games industry because what I would love to see and it, it might not happen this year, it might not happen next year, but I'd love 3 years from now if instead of us doing our games cast E3 predictions topic, it is a you know, uh summer of what what's this events called summer summer, summer, game, summer fest. game fest there's so, too many summer gaming exactly events. but it's just a it's a summer game fest predictions topic that we do and there's an understanding instead of it being like oh sony goes tuesday or monday night nintendo goes tuesday morning it's more like oh we know that may is microsoft june is nintendo july is playstation you know what i mean like if somehow it like they could these phases could kind of eventually become a little bit more like Templated people or, like, organized. So there's yeah. like because if it's organized, then everyone gets their moment, and it's like I, there's like that sense of competition that would remain because everyone still has eyes on each other. But then there, there it kind of takes away that um, like need to just get ba- to throw everything out to die and get buried because you can't cover it all equally on IGN.com. Yeah. Uh, some more tidbits that I'm going to pull from the article, and these are the last tidbits that, that I have here. Uh, the platform holders, of course, will have their own digital events around which other other announcements will coalesce, uh, and those will be the heavy hitters of the season. But he adds, talking about Jeff Keighley, much of the rest, uh, much of the rest of the summer game fest will be focused around individual games doing their own events and announcements, rather than each publisher or platform dropping everything at once, which is interesting. Uh, quote. It seemed clear that game companies were still going to be doing events, but for a while, it was unclear if their timelines changed because of coronavirus and work from home. The demo that they were going to do for E3 is probably the first thing that gets cut 
uh, cut out of their production schedule because they still are trying to meet deadlines. So there are a lot of conversations amongst all the platforms and publishers on what they were going to do, and it became clear that it wasn't going, it wasn't all going to line up uh, to two or three days where everything was going to happen. Um, so again, like the summer summer game fest seems to be just the like the perfect storm of yeah like work from home and COVID-19 has kind of screwed things up in production schedules having a whole summer in order to uh have those have those moments exist to have your announcements and have your demos and do all and do all these things kind of allows you to one have your own space you know be able to make your own announcements not get trampled over uh by other companies and all these other announcements that are going to be going to be going on during one week Mm -hmm. um but then also like have the time to, to finish your stuff right since you know, a lot of production schedules are getting fucked right now with work from home. So, like, get your things done. If you can't get it out in June, get it out in 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 July or August, and you know, make it work from there. So, once again, like, brilliant, brilliant idea. It makes sense that Jeff Kelly would do this. Um, you know, I feel like we could probably could have predicted that this would happen in, in some sort of way because this seems to be the type of type of dude that Jeff Kelly is, where he has vision and he kind of goes for it, uh, and he has the connections to make that that vision work. Um, so again, good for him. Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I got a question here from Frank Furter, who writes in a patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, uh, and says, good morning, Blessing and Tim. Good guy Jeff Keighley announced Summer Game Fest in which its news, in-game events, and playable content rolled neatly into one long event starting this month. He also, start, he also released a photo uh, stating Phase 1, which had the logos of major developers, and more importantly, PlayStation and Xbox. I'm very excited to see this roll out uh, as it as it's finally begging to feel like next gen. However, I have a I have a couple of questions. One, do you think Sony will partner with Summer Game Fest to reveal the PS5 or will it will they do it on their own stage? Two, will Xbox's game reveals uh, next week be announced as part of this event or again, will they be doing it on their own? Three, what are your thoughts on the overall presentation of this event? Uh, should this have been a, tr- a Twitter reveal with a smaller with a small trailer like it was, or would Jeff announcing an event and proceeding to go into the first part of this event uh, been stronger? Thanks for all you do, and have a great weekend, Frank Furter. Uh, to answer one and two with the the Sony partnering and Xbox partnering, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to do their own things, and they're just going to mm. he's going to kind of like talk about them as if they are part of it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point maybe like the Xbox stuff like makes reference to like it's it's about passing the baton. It's about yes. yeah. hey, like here's the announcements. You can see more in the, during like next month during this yep. event or whatever. And it's about continuing the coverage of the games and making this all part of the PR hype cycle. Um, in terms of my thoughts on the overall presentation of this event, I think that they nailed it. I think that like this is really all that they had to do to. They would, like I said earlier, I think that Jeff was just waiting for an official date to be dropped by one of the big guys to then kind of just piggyback onto it. And here we are. That happened. I don't know that there's much more to announce than this. I feel like this leaves just enough for all of us to be super hyped and interested. And they gave us enough things to be waiting for where it's like, okay, cool. This is phase one, which implies there's a, there's more phases. And in addition to that, they said, stay tuned for dates soon. So it's like the website is going to give us more information very soon. I think this is kind of like the key that opened the door to the industry being like, okay, that rumored WB conference, we're going to get a date for that soon. The Ubisoft mm-hmm. conference, we're going to get a date for that soon. Like I think that people now need to start locking down their plans. And Jeff kind of gave them that that call to action of like, guys, it's time. Like I'm giving you four months, choose a date. 
Yeah, Jeff really, I think, is working as like an organizer here, um, and almost almost like an aggregator of like, all right, here we're we're gonna we're gonna uh, field everything under this bigger brand of summer game summer game fest. But you know, do your own thing, right? PlayStation, their event for PS Five is not gonna be like the summer game fest ps5 reveal it is it's not going to be right because playstation is wants to have ownership of their own brand playstation sees themselves as bigger as summer game fest right like they really want to have ownership of what that what that's going to be i wouldn't be surprised if you know it is the baton passing thing of what you're talking about right like hey they finished the playstation event and then next week we see an announcement of like hey um first gen playstation or not first gen uh next gen launch title for ps5 is going to have an extended demo here that is partnered with jeff Keighley and summer game Mm -hmm. fest that is like Either Jeff Keighley sitting down with developers, um, and and maybe it's like via webcam because maybe maybe we, people don't want to meet up yet. But like you know, it's him sitting down, him like you know taking a look, him kind of kind of leading leading that charge of like what this coverage looks like, you know. And it maybe and maybe this is going too far, but maybe it is him even being like, all right, you know, PlayStation is partnering with Summer Game Fest for uh for some sort of coverage. I don't know. And then Summer Game Fest then passes the baton to IGN in some sort of way, like. I'm sh- I'm sure as this goes, we'll get a clearer idea of all- what all this really is. But I think it re- really what it comes down to is organization, and yep. um, you know. All right, so let's find. <laughs> I guess we lost. I'm gonna drop out of the call and drop back in. Uh, what button do I? Maybe this one. That one. Right. Hey man, you guys cut out for a minute. Yeah, I saw it. Are we are we live now? Oh, are the live internet now? cut out. Oh no! Hold on. <laughs> it's interesting because I still have the call. It's just OBS. We're still recording, so still recording. So we're we're good on that end. Yeah. Oh, OBS is crashing. I think. Can someone move? Thank you. I'm moving. <laughs> oh, now OBS <laughs> is crashing for reals. Oh, oh no. no. Please hold. <laughs> and it's back. We're it back. Are we? I'm hitting the stream button. Uh, looks Kevin, like everything's good. Your Uh-oh. image on Discord has like the rotating blocks. It sure does. Yeah, just adds up. Um, are we good to continue though? Uh, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Sorry, everybody. We had like a quick, quick cut because uh, Kevin's whole thing crashed um so we're back discord now crashed. or di- was it discord that crashed it wasn't obs no i'm sorry you're well it was discord and then obs gotcha. doesn't matter. we're back doesn't matter we're back we're here to talk about video games um but yeah as i was saying right it's gonna be a whole like you're like what you were saying it's gonna be a whole baton passing situation when it comes to what summer game fest is i believe um and us as gamers then- need to support this man i think that this is uh the best possible future and i think that like it we need to show up we need to you know give the feedback and like see what works and what doesn't and and, and want this to work um and i feel like that, that it's not gonna be perfect out of the gate but i think that um again we just need to be supportive of it and understand there's gonna be kinks Billy the door writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says big news looks like Jeff Keighley took matters into his own hands and is coordinating a multi-company E3 replacement spanning the entire summer. Do you see this event replacing E3 in future years? It seems to, to offer companies more flexibility in terms of timing when they can announce things and the gamers still look uh, forward to big, uh, big announcements a win win. Thanks and love y'all Billy. 
I mean, real talk, I think the goal would be who cares? Like, I think for Jeff, it's a win-win of this either replaces E3 or E3 becomes part of it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, right? like, like that, that would make sense. Like, I in, I mean, in, in essence, I think that would in spirit kind of replace E3, right? Mm-hmm. If this becomes like the bigger event that people look forward to, right? Summer of Gaming because becomes the thing where it's like people in December are tweeting like, man, I can't believe Summer of Gaming is only six months away, right? Instead of E3. I think that is the goal for Jeff. Um, I do think that, yeah, this is... This becomes a replacement and possibly the, like the eventual death of E3. Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if in a few years, like, E3 is like, what's the point anyway, I mean, anymore? Yeah, him, him referring to uh, One Night, not One Night only. Opening Night, <laughs> opening Live. night Live um, as the uh, season finale. It's like, well, you need a season premiere, right? And, like, I, I don't think that Jeff Damn, wants that's that a bar, to be, Tim. I, thank you. I don't that's think that he, he wants it to be uh, E3. He, of course, would want to own the property of it and have control over it but guess what if you can do an opening night live for um gamescom you can do one for e3 yeah no yeah exactly um i think the thing that e3 has that is hard to replace is the idea of press coming to one location and being able to demo games and being able to give impressions and actual like hands-on coverage um that's a more difficult thing to do via the digital events but one like here's the thing and opening night live being a thing might also you know help kind of usher that usher uh that event into being more of like the the place where you go for that kind of thing but a lesser known thing judges week was also a keely thing yeah so it's like even with e3 he was still the guy that was doing the get your hands on impressions though like week or two before e3 like he's he's thinking fourth dimensionally you know what i mean yeah, Jeff Keighley is out here making Doctor Strange moves. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We're in mm-hmm. the end game now. This is Jeff Keighley's end game. Yeah, he's, he's giving them. <laughs> Story number two. Uh, Phil Spencer says there's no delay expected for Xbox Series X. I'm pulling this from Joe Scrabbles at IGN, who writes, Head of Xbox Phil Spencer has reiterated that Xbox Series X isn't currently looking at any kind of launch delay, saying it's, quote, in line where in line with where we want where we thought we would be end quote but i have said that production of games themselves is the bigger unknown amid the covid19 outbreak speaking on cnbc's squawk alley spencer made clear that xbox hardware development was continuing at a somewhat expected pace quote the teams are doing a really good job on keeping our uh, our hardware on track uh, on the hardware side we feel good about our plans there's obviously some impact to schedules but overall i think we're in line with where we thought it would be uh end quote However, Spencer made clear that games production is less predictable because of its because of its less centralized creation. Quote, I'd say the bigger unknown is probably the the game production. Just being honest, uh, game production is a, is a large scale entertainment activity. Now you have a, you have hundreds of people coming together, building assets, working through creative. End quote. It's worth noting that Spencer isn't saying that game delays are coming, just that they're harder to predict. Quote, we're learning every day. He continued. Uh, I still feel good about it, but I also need to make sure that the security and safety of the teams is the more important thing and not unduly push uh, when things aren't ju- just aren't ready, end quote. Spencer spoken to IGN previously about this issue and made clear that a game delay, even to a flagship flagship launch title like Halo Infinite, would be extremely unlikely to delay the launch of the Series X itself. Analysts have have speculated to IGN that while consoles may not see a delay, they could see launch shortages. Recent reports suggested that would indeed be the case for PS5, which could see limited availability in its first year. Tim, Phil yes. Spencer's out here being open and honest. He's mm-hmm. doing what we all love about him. Um, Xbox Series X doesn't seem likely 
to get a delay. Do you buy it? I do buy it. I mean, again, the transparency king right here, Phil Spencer coming through um, on Gamescast a couple days ago that just went live on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. We did an update to our predictions we made earlier in the year and kind of went through and made any changes that we that we thought um, were accurate nowadays. And I feel that with uh, Xbox, like one of the arguments I was making is that he, despite him saying all this stuff like earlier at, with IGN that I still don't think that they would launch the Xbox without Halo. So I, even though they're saying that, it's like I, something in my gut tells me that they wouldn't unless the delay was substantial enough that they're like, we just, there's going to be a shortage of the systems anyways. We got to get them out. Everything's just out of whack right now because of the Corona stuff. So it's like, I kind of see them, and we talked about this a lot on the PlayStation side, where it's like, they don't necessarily need Horizon 2 at launch because there won't be enough systems for people to want to buy it that weren't going to anyways right like maybe yeah. wait until there's a bit more um a- available units in the wild for people to be able to buy and be excited um which sucks for sucks for the launch sucks for the hype sucks for just us as gamers being able to experience these things correctly but um i don't know i i wouldn't be surprised either way at this point um if they delayed if they went back on this and delayed the system because halo wasn't ready or if they stuck with this and Halo does get delayed and and they stick to it because their vision isn't just about Halo. It's about, um, you know, their ecosystems and all that. And yeah. Microsoft's went five years without a big banger game. So <laughs> what's another one? <laughs> Let me, I, I want to throw a hypothetical scenario your way. Mm-hmm. Say we get to September, right? Halo Infinite gets delayed. Yeah. PS5 sticks their flag in the sand and they're like, we're coming out let's say November, for sure, right? PS5 is not getting delayed. We can confirm. We have we have everything built. You know, stores are prepped, all that stuff. Do you think Xbox still gets, uh, would still possibly get delayed? Because I don't think, I don't think Xbox Series X can, delay, can get delayed as long as PS5 sticks its ground. And I know, like, there have been reports before that PS5 will get delayed, will, will possibly get delayed if Xbox gets delayed because that's kind of, like, the only scenario where they would probably want to delay. Um but in that hypo- hypothetical scenario, what do you think Xbox does? At this point, I feel like both systems are coming out when they were yeah. planned to, like at the end of this year. And I think that you're right that, yeah, if PlayStation comes out, Xbox coming. I, I feel like Xbox is coming out before PlayStation, almost regardless of any of this. Like, I think that they, they, they're just in a different place. They, they just do things differently than PlayStation's been doing things. And again, this is the weirdest gen we've ever had, gen transition we've ever had. So... There are no rules. Anything, anything can happen, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised about much. But I do think that um, Xbox is looking at this at they want to hit that holiday, and it's like even though this is the weirdest holiday in recorded history, they, there's still going to be people that want to buy this. Mm. Story number three, Tim. Yes, GDC Summer is going fully digital. Uh, this comes from a blog post from their website. They write. We have been continuously reviewing the best ways to serve the game development community over the past few months as the world has continued to adapt to developments. While we very much look forward to meeting again in person as soon as possible, we're moving forward with the plan to transform GDC Summer into an all-digital event in order to best serve our community. As so many game developers embrace remote, uh, remote working arrangements and online collaboration, we're inspired to adapt and deliver GDC in a digital, digital format that will be available to everyone with an, with an internet connection and will work hard to deliver the high-quality content and networking opportunities GDC attendees have come to expect. 
We believe in the power of gathering our community to share, inspire, and strengthen our, our industry uh, and are committed to providing the, that opportunity in August. We look forward to sharing more information about GDC Summer soon. So there you go. Your, cool, your, your newest update on GDC. Um, more stuff. Makes, and I'm where we, soon we'll find out where this fits on the Jeff Keighley Google calendar of life. Yeah, no, that, I, that's I expect to see that. I expect to see GDC connected to Summer Game Fest in some sort yeah. of way. I think this, like, I'm I'm shocked that PAX West is still seeming like it's going to like it. They haven't they haven't uh, announced that they're going either going digital or just canceling the event yet. And I assume that probably has to do with like the convention center and them like mm-hmm. prob- probably like needing the city to cancel it so they they can get some sort of money back for yeah. the event. Um, but yeah, like no, they're I'm curious to see when the next big gaming gathering is going to happen because yeah. 2020, I think it's it is ruled out. You know, it's yeah, a wash. I agree. I'm curious to see if PAX East happens. I'd be surprised because PAX East happens in February usually. I'd be surprised if if we're back at a place by then where we can gather that many people together. Um, yeah, we'll I mean, if see. I remember correctly, PAX East varies between February and April, year to year. I might be like wrong about March. that, but yeah, think, but, yeah um, like early March to February, because like I think a couple years ago it was march and then the big hubbub this last year was that it was in february meaning that it was gonna be way more colder yeah so so we'll that, see man um we'll see before before we move on i do want to say because i wasn't on the show yesterday to talk about the inside xbox uh news that dropped of course we're doing a live reaction next thursday 8 a.m um here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games can't wait um we're doing it with snow bike mike as well oh the plan right now is me you uh mike greg and andy Oh, I'm gonna have a full house That's, here. Yeah, man. The next gen begins. We gotta we gotta bring the heat for it. Um, with that though, I when they announced it and it was like, okay, it's not gonna be any of the first party titles, it's just gonna be third party. I kind of was like, That's a that's a weird rollout. Like, why would you go with the third parties first and then the, the first party is like I feel like if you're gonna like be the first to come out and talk about next gen and show the games, like you should show your own stuff to sell your system, right? But mm-hmm. then I started thinking about it a bit more. And bless, like, how exciting is it that they have the confidence to have an event that is just third parties? To me, that says they're going to have an event that's just first parties. To have an yeah. event that's just first parties, it's not just Halo and Forza. They're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's really exciting. But you know what's cool as fuck, too? They're, they've set this up so that they'll be able to have an event that's like every single game we're showing here, it's on Game Pass. That oh, yeah, is, that's true. That's brilliant marketing, right? Like that is like kind of the best sell you can have. Is, hey, and then just be like, you can get it now. Get ahead of the curve. You can play all these games already. If you haven't already gotten Game Pass, you can get it and join the club right now. And here's all the reasons you're going to want to stay and move with us into the Series X. Baller marketing. Good for yeah, them. We had, a, we had a whole conversation yesterday about is Game Pass a su- success? And for me, it's like the clear success. Uh, I was surprised to see how much, like we got a, a little bit of pushback on, uh, from, like I've, I've seen like forum posts and stuff about like, is is Game Pass's success when you look at like game sales and all these different things? But like, as somebody who's had Game Pass over the last couple of years, like the idea that Outer Wilds came out last last uh, spring, right? And that came out on Game Pass, but I didn't I didn't hear about it, you know, until like a few days after it came out because it was a game that was kind of under the under the radar a bit. When people started talking about that game and how, about how incredible it was, the thing that they said, the thing that 
you know, I was kind of always surprised to hear was that, oh, yeah, and it also is available on Game Pass, right? Like, I would hear people on podcasts talk about, like, oh, yeah, this game is, like, one of the best games I've, I've played this year, and it's on Game Pass. Same with Void Bastards, right? Like, these are games that you might not, like, like notice right off the bat because they are lower key and they're more, like, they're, I mean, they're indie games, right? It's harder for them to come out and make a splash and really, you know, mm-hmm. come out and, and be Gears 5. But, you know, the fact that there are incredible games that are under the radar that come out and you know you hear about them and you realize that you can just get them and play them for basically free or i guess just with your subscription on game yeah. pass i think you know speaks volumes to how valuable that ser- that service is um and how valuable it's going to be going forward when xbox is in a place where they are putting out banger after banger when they are putting out halo infinite and forza and like dude the percentage dark and you know the, the cold game and all this stuff man the percentage of like the launch and launch window games for Xbox Series X that are going to be Game Pass, dude, like that's going to be a huge selling point. And so I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited for what this this yeah, fall man. looks like. It all starts next week. Let's go. It all starts next week. Tim, next week is so far away. <laughs> if I want to know what's coming out to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah! Out today, we got Super Toy Cars 2 for Xbox One, Chop is Dish for Xbox One, Arcade Spirits for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, Robot Squad Simulator X for Xbox One, Maiden Tower for Xbox One and PC, Gun Crazy for Switch, Fight the Horror for Xbox One, 911 Operator Deluxe Edition for Switch, Kevin, please look that up, Um, Swaparoo for Switch, down the rabbit hole for PSVR, Yellow Mouse for PC, Spin Zap for PC, Zombies Don't Drive for PC, Briefcase Inc. for PC, Battle Team for PC, and then Roller Riot for PC. <clears throat> uh, some new days for you. I got a tweet from Platinum Games here at Platinum Games. They tweeted uh, out this morning. Due to the spread of COVID-19, the store dates for the physical versions of Wonderful 101 have been postponed. New dates are June 30th for North America and July 3rd for Europe. We apologize to those who have been anticipating the game's arrival and hope everyone is staying safe. Then they followed that that tweet up by saying the digital releases for these regions are still as originally planned, May 19th for North America and May 22nd uh, for Europe. And then deal of the day, Crashlands and Amnesia the Dark Descent are both currently available for free to keep on the Epic Game Store. Kevin, th- is this 911 Operator Deluxe? <laughs> yep. I I'm I'm always shocked by the things that you can gamify. Honestly, I'm kind of into it though. <laughs> <laughs> there yes. you go. It looks pretty cool. New single city run mode. It looks like you're. It looks like almost like a strategy game with like cutscenes in it. They got pooches. You're probably just doing like a lot of management stuff. We couldn't hear anything, and so I I assume there might have been like voiceover, maybe explaining it. But I don't know. I have to mute on my end too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is what it is. Now it's time for reader mail. You can write into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Old Spice. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is sponsored by Old Spice Palmade, Old Spice Putty, and Old Spice Styling Gel because great hair always wins. Your hair says a lot about you, and with Old Spice Palmade, you can make it say the right thing. Tim has been using Old Spice Palmade, also Greg has, um, as we've talked about t- talked about this week on the show uh, for a while now, and uh, Tim loves the look and hold he gets from it. Also, it smells really good, and Gia likes that. 
All Old of it's Spice true. Pomade Look at it. This is all up. thanks to Old Spice right now. Look at that, man. Look at that. Look at them waves, dude. Look at that. Look at all fresh and clean. Um, <laughs> Gia says it smells good. Uh, Old she Spice does. Pomade with medium hold gives your hair a clean matte finish. It says things like, "I'm late for very important, or I'm late for a very important dinner slash video meeting, distract very important business deals with very important business folks." Classic Tim stuff. And again, I've been looking at Tim um, mm-hmm. multiple times during the week as we host shows together, games, cast, KFGD, and all this stuff. And every time I look at Tim, I'm like, man, that is a handsome boy thank uh, you. with handsome hair. Thank you. Thank you very much. All thanks to Old Spice. Again, thank you, Old Spice, for sponsoring this video. Try Old Spice Palmade, Old Spice Putty, or Old Spice Styling Gel. Let us know how that whole works best for you. Old Spice Hair Palmade. Great hair always wins. And my hair's a winner. Robbie Rob writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, hello there, Blessing and Tim. PS Plus subscribers are petitioning right now to change the current games of City Skylines and Farming Simulator 19. I personally enjoy these games, but I don't see them as, quote, best on PlayStation or uh, the type of games that most PlayStation gamers would want to play, but mainly as PC games for a niche market. Should PlayStation listeners or should PlayStation listen to subscribers and change the games before the end of the month, or should they stick to their guns and probably follow the agreement with both these games slash developers? Tim, have you been following this at all? I have, yeah, yeah. So like, I so PlayStation came out and announced that uh, City Skylines and Farming Farming Simulator 19 were the PS Plus games, and let me tell you, it wasn't until I read this question where I went to the YouTube video for the announcement and, and saw the ratio, people are not happy, Tim. Oh, people yeah. People are very upset. I went to the PS blog where like the you got the, the most hardcore of the PlayStation fans, went down the comments. People are not happy. Oh, yeah. I can imagine they're not happy. I don't think that them being unhappy is going to change much, but I get why they're unhappy. Yeah, it's like like that seems like uh, some, some bad calls that somebody should have looked at and been like, well, maybe we should add something else this month as well if we're gonna have these deals in place. Yeah, I think I think the, the like it is it is it is like an objectively not good month of PS Plus. That being the case, City Skylines I've heard great things about as a game. I'm sure it's played best on PC, but as a game, I don't know much about it on PS4. But as a game, um, I know that I've heard good real things. quick. I really what? like City Skylines. Uh, what you play I, it on? I played it on PC and PS4, and it is fucking okay. terrible on PS4. Terrible. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't run well, and the controls fucking suck. Oh, okay. So that gives even more context if the PS4 version isn't that great. And then, yeah, Farming Simulator is a similar thing where, like, Farming Simulator fans, I'm sure, you know, might be happy about that. But also, Farming Simulator fans probably also have Farming Simulator 20 at this point. Yeah. Um, and so for them to offer up Farming Simulator 19, well, actually, is Farming Simulator 20 out? Because I don't know if they're like sports games where they come out the, the, the <laughs> fall before. <laughs> I'm gonna Google this real quick. Um, While yeah, Farming that, Simulator 20 came out December 3rd, 2019, it looks like. So, yeah, uh, bless. I want to jump in actually to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong, uh, to, to get into some stuff because there was uh, two pieces of breaking news that I, I do think oh. are, are worth talking about to close out the show here. Um, nanobiologist says, uh, here's some breaking news. Jeff Keighley's doing an AMA right now on Reddit about the summer game fest event. And he confirmed, yep. Inside Xbox is one of the summer game fest events. Xbox will be sharing more next week on their overall plans, but it's safe to say they have multiple events planned inside summer game fest. So yeah, it is totally just an, an ownership of just like, let's get, let's dabble with all of this and just, you know, kind of present a title around this thing that everyone can have their own little moments. Yeah, and I'm I, I like this. It's going to be multiple I, moments. 
I want to. I'm curious to see if they say the words "Summer Game Fest" during the Inside Xbox and how many times they say it if they do. I'm, um, I guarantee they do. I do think it's just going to be like and see more at Summer Game yeah. Fest. Like because that's kind. We know that Inside Xbox, or at least they've implied and in, in heavily that they're going to announce their next plans during this Inside Xbox. That we're yeah. going to get some dates for some other stuff. So. I can see them not just being like, and our first party showcase is this date. I can also see them being like, Here, this date you get this, this date you get that, this date you get this, and then mm-hmm. this. You know, I'm very curious to see how, how people talk about this because yeah, like I because I'm with you, right? That like I imagine that I imagine they say the words Summer Game Fest once, and, I, and I'm I'm expecting for the context to be like, yeah, and our next Inside Xbox is gonna be is gonna be this, and it's gonna be lined up with Summer Game Fest, right? I think the word like the wording is gonna be very particular. I yeah. imagine. And then uh, the other piece of breaking news comes from Robbie Rob. Um, he sent us a gamesindustry.biz link uh, with some pretty crazy updates to some stories we've been covering here. The Last of Us Part 2 leak, uh, the guy that leaked it has been revealed. Oh. Um, let's see. Neil Druckmann. That's wild. That's wild, man. <laughs> um, Sony has confirmed to gamesindustry.biz that it has identified the primary individuals responsible for the leaks earlier this week, saying they were not affiliated with Sony Interactive Entertainment or Naughty Dog, as was rumored. Uh, the publisher declined to comment further, saying that the information was currently subject to an ongoing investigation. Um, but this news, obviously, is on gamesindustry.biz, and uh, even Neil Druckmann's tweeted about it. So, So hmm. there you go. There you go. Some updates on that information. That's it's good to hear that it wasn't like a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee as people were, were theorizing. Cause yeah. one, like that that doesn't make sense as an individual doing that. Like I think Greg mentioned on a previous episode that like that's pretty much career suicide, which like, yeah, like one hundred percent. Like you not only career suicide, but you're getting sued. <laughs> you are getting you're in trouble, right? Like if you if you do that. Totally. Um but yeah, it being like a, a random act from you know I don't I don't know how somebody gets gets their hands on Naughty Dog stuff whether they broke into somebody's house who's working from home or or whatever that may have been, um, but you know unfortunate, but you know there there's some more context yep. that I think is is useful, um, but yeah back to the farming simulator thing I don't think PlayStation should or I don't I don't think there's any obligation for PlayStation to change the games you know I think it'd be cool if they did but like. I'm not, it's hard for me to complain, right? Like if you look at the dollar value value, like that's an $80 value, you know, for both of those games, right? For for a PS Plus, which you're paying what, like $60 for for a year. Um, and so like I like an off month is gonna be an off month. We've gotten really good months recently, right? We got Uncharted the, 4 recently. The play at like, home thing, right? The, and we got the play at home thing recently, like which isn't part of PlayStation Plus, but it all works in the same ecosystem. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to get angry, you know, at PlayStation or to like even like want to sign like a petition or anything, because uh, I, I I think you're going to have off months. Like that's yep. just going that's just the thing that's going to happen. Like when you look at when you tally things up over the um over the year, like by the end of the year, like you know it's going to add up to like a great year for PS Plus when you look at the free games. And so, yeah, it's hard for me to really get mad or complain in any sort of way. Tim, yeah. It's time to squat up. Let's do it. Jackson writes in with a squat up on PS4 uh, and says, well, I'm looking for people to play Apex with. The new season comes out in like a week, and I'm looking for new people to play with. So if you're down to just send me that friend request and let's, uh, and let's play a bit. 
I normally play from about 9 p.m. Mountain Time until 1 or 2 in the morning. I'm also down to play ranked if that's your jam. I made it to platinum this season, so I can play whatever. Jackson's PSN name is what's his nuts? Uh, or yeah, no, just what's his nuts? What's his nuts? This is his PS4 name that's spelled W U T Z underscore H I Z underscore N U T Z. What's his nuts? Now it's time for kind of funny.com. Go support what's his nuts. Go support what's his nuts. Uh, it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong during the show. I am in your wrong right now, and it might be loading. Oh, no, I'm only seeing. Let's see here. All right. So I, I guess there's only one you're wrong here, and it's from Cape Kebab saying, uh, nipping this one in the bud. If if it's inappropriate to say stick around for that regarding the KFTD post show, this is because it's recorded in private without a live audience. The earliest you can watch it is when the full episode is made available through Patreon. The thing Kebab, or Kebabs, the thing Kebabs is, there are people who watch it on Patreon, watch like the original show on Patreon, and so it is appropriate for them for me to say stick around for that. I guess mm. it's not appropriate for the rest of the audience, but there is a section of the audience that that phrasing is appropriate for. I might amend it. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll have to see how you're feeling. We'll I'll have to see you are how King I'm feeling Bless. later on. I'll say it for this episode because I literally have it as a script. Next week's hosts are Monday, it's me and Greg. Tuesday, it's me and Imran. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary. Thursday, it's Greg and me. And then Friday, it's me and greg uh, of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that if you're watching this on patreon right now otherwise until next time game daily